Hey guys, welcome to the Be Different Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian and Shayla. We are inviting you into our living room to have real conversations about people being different. So come hang out with us. We will talk about real life, everyday stuff, things like marriage, parenting, and why doing life together is always the best option. We'll talk about the good times, the stressful times, and the times that you might feel like giving up. You can learn more about our story at anguishhearts.com. Don't forget to connect with us on social media and welcome to our community. Grab your popcorn and brownies and join us each week. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. We are your host. I'm Brian. And I'm Shayla. Hey, if this is your first time, thank you for checking us out. Uh, We are husband and wife of how many years, Shayla? 21 years. 21 years. And uh, we are just inviting you into uh, our living room to have uh, real conversations. We always talk about hitting that record button. And today is really a uh, an extension or a to be continued from last week. Yes. So if you um, did not listen to last week, I encourage you to hit pause right now. Um, go back and listen to last week's episode. And that way you can kind of get a, a, a fuller understanding of, of what we are talking about today. Yeah, t- today's episode will make more sense if you listen to last week's first. So uh, like Shayla said, go hit pause. Uh, one thing we talked about last week, Shayla, we asked the listener to send the link to our podcast to one person. Yeah. So we're going to ask that again. If you could just, we love social media shares, but sometimes social media shares kind of get overlooked. So if you could just send a text message with the link and, and maybe a few words of like, hey, this this podcast encourages me or inspires me or hey, if you need to you know, spend 25 minutes listening to something, check this out. Uh, any, any other ideas or thoughts about that? Nope. Like I said, sharing is caring and we love that. (laughs) We do. We do. Uh, If you haven't hit subscribe already, please do that and leave us that rating. And, uh, also that review that helps uh, get the word out there on what we're doing and, and, uh, helps more people hear about our podcast. Yes. And we're just about encouraging people, uh, pointing people back to Jesus. And we always talk about leading broken people into that powerful relationship with Jesus. And so uh, if you uh, if you haven't checked us out before, welcome. Uh, we're part of uh, Anguish Hearts Ministry. We can go check that out as well. And you can tag us on social media if you want. <laughs> we like to see those too. We love it. It's fun. It is fun. It is fun. It is fun. La- last week, Shayla, we talked about a very important topic uh, within our story, and it was a, it's been a week of celebration. Yes. Last week we talked about uh, freedom from an addiction, and uh, on Saturday, just a few days ago, we celebrated 13 years of sobriety from alcohol, my alcohol addiction, and, and how that has impacted our marriage. And uh, you think back, 13 years is a long time, and you know that that addiction was 10 years, and, and we often say that the 13 years has gone so much quicker than the 10 years. Yeah. The 10 years that we were in seemed like it was forever, right? It just, it it was like a a nightmare that wouldn't end. And, uh, so today we're going to talk about, we're going to continue that conversation about the freedom, but we're going to talk specifically about what is it like living as an addict, almost into the, into the mindset of an addict. And then what is it like living with an addict? And Shayla, you're going to share your view on that side of it. And we'll go back and forth a little bit, but I think there's value in breaking down the two, the two separate um, mindsets. Yeah. Um, because oftentimes the person who's not an addict doesn't understand. They can't get through their mind of why would you continue to do this if this is detrimental to your health and detrimental to your relationships. And, uh, we're going (laughs) to, we're going to talk through that today. Uh, are you ready for that? Let's do it. All right. So first of all, 
living as an addict, uh, one thing that I that I talk a lot about, and and this is where really the 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 person who's not an addict has to understand when an addict takes that first drink or when an addict takes that first hit or when an addict swipes and looks at that image for the first time or whatever whatever the the substance is it feels different for us hmm. it it does something different to an addict you can have a uh, you know let's say you have five teenagers and they all drink for the first time well it's going to taste different to the addict not necessarily, hey, this tastes better, or I didn't like the taste of it, right? You always hear people talking about, well, beer's nasty, and I don't like the taste of it. It's acquired taste. I, I don't mean it like that. I, I mean it in, in the sense of it, it tastes different to your, your mindset, yeah. and it feels different. I would say it's, it's a mental thing more than a physical thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's Wow. <laughs> it, uh, the it, adrenaline rush. It is, and, yeah. and, and an addict can always tell you their first time. And they can tell you how they felt that first time. And, and so first, I just want to make sure that the listener who is not an addict, and maybe you live with an addict, or you grew up with an addict, or um, you have a child who's an addict, whatever it might be, it's, it tastes different. It feels different for us. And so that's where I want to start, Shay, just talking about that. Because I think it's important for the, the listener to understand. It's Because in our story, for you, you're like, well, you can have a drink or could have a drink and yeah. it, it wouldn't bother you. For me, if I had one, I wanted three. If I had three, I wanted six. If I had six, I wanted to just go all night. Yeah. And that was always hard for you to understand. Yeah, very hard because, you know, again, it was, um, you know, wh- where did you <laughs> lose control and where did I gain control? And And like you said, it would be if I had three, you know, for you, if you had three, you wanted six. If you had six, you wanted 12. And, and for me, it was different. It was like, Hey, I've had, you know, a glass of wine and a mixed drink and I'm good. Like, I don't, I, I I didn't need to get to the, probably left half the mixed drink on the table. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) and then, then you would come up and say, you're not going to leave that. Are you? And then you would finish it, (laughs) right? you know, Because, because I couldn't consume enough enough. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it was, um, you know, living on this side of living with an addict, it was hard for me to understand. Um, you know, we talked about it like, well, Brian, can't you just stop? Um, and, and you would say, no, I, I can't just, I just can't stop. Um, and it was hard for me to understand yeah. that because again, your mindset, you were driven, right. And focus that laser focus on, um, on, on your addiction. Yeah. We, we talk about, uh, like a horse in a horse race, they have blinders on so they don't get distracted by the other horses or by the crowd. And, and they have blinders on to, to, for the task at hand. And that's, that's what a life as an addict really is that you've got blinders on to the outside world and your task at hand is, is another drink, another hit, uh, another trip to the strip club, another uh, gambling, uh, offer, whatever it might be again, that substance of choice. And I, and, and Shay, there's also addictions to things that don't look unhealthy from the outside right? We talk about work success can be an addiction yeah. to where you're driven so much by success that you have blinders on to how it's impacting coworkers, your spouse, your family, your friends. And the only focus you have is making that next dollar, getting that next promotion. And while you are in that focus and in that addiction and in that drive, everything else is suffering. Yeah. We, we often talk about like the wake behind a boat, right? As yeah. it's, you know, flying down the lake, you know, it has that ripple, right? The wake behind it. And, um, 
you know, Brian, I, I think that that's a great analogy for an addict, right? I mean, it is full stream ahead and you don't care about what you've plowed over and what you have left in your wake or what is, you know, <laughs> grasping for air behind yeah. you um, when you are that laser, laser focused on something. Yeah, you're, the boat's already around the cove. Yeah. And you have no idea the wake behind. And I, I, I love that. I love that too, Charlotte. I definitely agree with you. Uh, life as an addict until the addict reaches a point of either pain or sobriety like that's that's the fork in the road well that's that's the t in the road Mm -hmm. not even the fork that's the t in the road to where you reach a point and you go okay to the left is the pain that i've been in to the right is sobriety and in for the non-addict, it's easy to go, well, why wouldn't you pick sobriety? Yeah. Why would you keep going back to the pain? And I want to break that down because to the listener who is not an addict, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. The fear and sobriety, the fear and sobriety often overpowers the pain in the addiction. So what I mean by that is, you can say, okay, I'm done, I'm done, I don't, I'm done, I don't want anymore, I don't need anymore, I can't do it anymore. But then when you start to think about what, what does it look like to be sober, the fear in that is so much greater sure. than all the pain you've experienced. So, so all you know is to go back. The, everybody knows the path, path to least resistance is what you know. And it's easier to go back to what, what you know because the unknown is so scary. Mm. And that's where addict, every addict reaches that point. Every addict goes, okay, am I going to step into sobriety or am I going to continue in that fear? Excuse me, continue. Am I going to step towards sobriety or continue in that, in that pain, pain of the addiction? Uh, because sobriety requires a drastic change. Like you just don't stumble into sobriety. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to try not to drink or um, just not going to have one today. And then like tomorrow the the addiction goes away. Like that's not the mindset of an addict. Like it, it takes drastic change. It's a change in lifestyle. It's a change in friends, a change in routine. It's a change in nightlife. Everything has to change. Mm-hmm. And that's the fear. Because again, if somebody says, well, in order for you to get sober, you have to give up your friends. Well, I, I, I love my friends. Well, do you, or do you love what happens when you're with them? Yeah. I mean, I think back to my addiction and I always say that I had a lot of acquaintances who I could go spend 12 hours drinking at the Royals game or spend all evening at a bar with or go out of town and have drinks with. But did I really have true friendship? And, and the answer is no, because when my lifestyle changed, those, those acquaintances were no longer in my life. Yeah. That was, a, that was a long monologue there. You're just over there just soaking it all in. No, I love it. I mean, you you have so much truth, right, for for the listener that um, is either in an addiction or, um, you know, knows somebody in, in an addiction. It, it helps us. It helps, you know, people who do not have an addiction understand more. You know, it is, um, you know, it. It is a, a, it's something that compromises your ability to think, right? And and I even remember in, in our story, 
again, it was all you could think about. It was like, oh man, if I could just get to Friday. And then it was like, oh man, if I could just get to the afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, right? I mean, it wasn't, it used to be on Fridays and Saturdays. And then it turned into, man, if I can just get to four o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock, because it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, or just looking for opportunities yeah. too during the week of, you know, what, Golf tournaments yeah, what can or, we do or yeah. who can we hang out with or... Uh, you're right. It, it would, it, and it was never the intent of like, Hey, we're just going to go out to dinner and have a couple drinks with friends. For me, it was always, let's go get some alcohol in the afternoon to drink before we go out yeah. and then make sure we go to the right happy hour place to get, you know, a good deal in the drinks. And, and, and you're always one step ahead. I think that's the other thing too, that, that living as an addict and living with an addict, the difference is the addict is always one step ahead, always thinking ahead, trying to outsmart. Yeah the non-addict in the, in the situation yeah. to where if it's a spouse, I was always out trying to outsmart you. Well, if I can just manipulate the situation or, you know, go get these drinks before she gets home or whatever it was, I, I tried to manipulate that. And, and for me, that's when I, that's when it got really dark because I, I was doing things that, that were unhealthy to you in our relationship. Well, and I think the first time that I realized I was living with an addict, right. Is when you were hiding, behind alcohol and and I think that that is um you know that's a red flag in any relationship um you know whether it's with a parent or a child or your spouse or a friend a coworker, you know if they are hiding something they are doing something wrong and um you know I remember knowing you know again you thought you were one step ahead of me but you know I was realizing that you were hiding your alcohol addiction from me but yet I knew it was happening. And I think for somebody living with an addict, that was really hard for me to understand um, because I, I, you know, I'm a fixer, right? I, I wanted to fix the problem, but Brian, it wasn't until you acknowledged the problem that, that things could start to heal, right? Um, living with an addict, we, we can't, we can't fix it. We can't, um, you know, control the situation. Um, the, the more we try to control and manipulate sobriety for the addict, the worse it gets for them, the more they crave whatever it is they're addicting. Um, and, and I think that that was an eye opener for me as men living with an addict. I, we cannot control the situation. We have to let the, the, the people we love most completely break into the point where they're ready to surrender their addiction. Yeah. I, that, that's so good. People want to, that when you, when you talk about control, people want to, con, the, the non-addict wants to control the addict, mm-hmm. right? And what control does, control leads to more intense desire to consume the substance, where the, the non-addict thinks, well, if I can control it, it's going to actually minimize it. Well, no, the reality is it actually, it, it, like you said, it, it, it causes a, um, that, it, that laser focus. It intensifies that mm-hmm. laser focus to where the addict wants more. They want to consume the substance more. And the more you control, the more they consume. Well, and again, Brent, I would see it as, you know, you holding so your, your, your grip was so tight on your addiction that, you know, the thought of letting go at all and losing control, um, it was terrifying for you. 
Um, and so, you know, the more I would say, hey, you know, how about we, you know, try this or try that? Or how about we not drink tonight? You know, I, I could just see your fist just clenching even tighter. Like, no, I've got to have control. I, you know, um, and so it, it's. Well, and the false reality is I do have control. Yeah. Like, oh, I can control this. We can just go out and have a couple of drinks. And yeah. It won't happen again. I mean, how many times does an addict say that is it won't happen again or I'm done. Right. Yeah. And again, it's back to that fear of there's actually, there's a fear of not being an addict. I know that sounds crazy, but there's a fear of like, like swiping that identity from you Mm -hmm. to where like, this is all I know. All I know is, is being in the middle of this substance. And and there's a fear of missing out FOMO. Like (laughs) what, well, what do you, what, what do you mean I have to give it up? If I, if I give this up, if sobriety is there's fear in the sobriety and it's fear of not having one. It's fear of not having some substance to numb the pain, whatever that pain is, Yeah. whatever, whatever is driving the addict to, to consume the fear of not having that again, it's, it's paralyzing. And as much as the substance is paralyzing or the addict is paralyzing for the non-addict sobriety, facing sobriety is paralyzing for the addict. Yeah. And I think again, Brian, you know, uh, as living with an addict, we have to realize this is, you know, your battle. This is the addict's battle. Um, to, to fight. And that doesn't mean that we, we aren't there to support you or them or, you know, your child or your spouse or your coworker, whatever, whoever it may be, we have to be there for them. And it's hard. It's hard to walk along somebody, um, that, that doesn't want help for themselves. Right. But there's going to be the, the moment where they do break and they will fall to their knees and they, they need your support at that time. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the hardest things of living with an addict is realizing like, man, this isn't my battle to fight. This is your battle, but we are on the sideline being the biggest Mm -hmm. cheerleader for the addict, right? Like encouraging and, and, and with that, right. Um, it's hard to watch somebody you love self-destruct, um, but again, I'm just going to say it over and over again. It, it has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with the person who doesn't have the addiction. It's something greater than you. And it's, it's not your fault. You know, your spouse or your coworker, or your son or your daughter or your mom or your dad, they don't have the addiction because of you. Mm-hmm. There are other things that they are battling. You just by chance, you know, you're might you might be the closest one to them. And yeah, it's impacting you the it, most. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so important that you, that you tell the, the, the person living with an addict that because it's oftentimes you think it is your fault. And, and there could be argument that tension in a marriage can lead to more drinking. Well, there might be tension in the marriage, but there's, there's other ways to resolve that than to, to mask your pain with, with an addiction of drugs or pornography or alcohol or whatever it might be. And, and, and the reality is this, that for the addict, Shayla, again, that mindset of the, the addict, when you're in your addiction, it, it causes you to go from here to there. So whatever you're here is the stress of your marriage, the stress of work, the stress of your family, the str- financial stress, the substance takes you from here to there mm-hmm. and, and you can get out of the reality of what's going on for, it's temporary. And so what began is something, an exploration of, Oh, let me, let me try that drink. Let me, I've never had alcohol before. Let me try it. Or let me try that. Let me explore with that drug or let me click on that website or let me go to that strip club or let me try that gambling, whatever it might be. What begins is something that's an exploration 
ends in an addiction. Mm-hmm. Not for everybody, but you know, you can't look in a room and go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. which one is going to have the addiction. Yeah. It's just the way that we're wired. Yep. And once you face that as an addict, you're like, okay, I have a problem. And it, it goes back to what we talked about last week. And, and so as we wrap up here, Shay, I want to talk about how do we carry momentum forward for the addict and the non-addict? And, and because yes, you can sit here and say, hey, an addict's mindset's different and you have to understand that. And that's all true. But in order for healing to take place, and we talked about it last week, but it goes back to that addict acknowledging that they have a problem yeah, and then admitting that they have a problem. And and again, the listener might think, well, that isn't acknowledging, admitting the same thing. And, and while they're close, it's it's very different. There's a distinct, a distinct difference. To acknowledge something is to realize the existence of something. And then to admit something is to face the truth, the truth of that something. Mm. So, it, it, you know, for example, um, to acknowledge is to recognize the addiction within your behavior that the substance is controlling you, but to admit that you're an addict is to put the responsibility solely on yourself, not on someone else. It goes back to what we talked about. It's not your fault yeah. as the non-addict, right? So it's, you know, a phrase would be, I acknowledge my addiction. I acknowledge that alcohol has become an addiction that I have no control over. I admit that I'm an addict. Nobody is making me drink. I'm the one that makes the decision to drink, mm. right? And until you face that as an addict. And own it. And right? own it. Yeah. You have to own it, right? Acknowledge it, admit it. And then you've got to ask for help. Like you said, you need somebody in your corner. And if you're married, it needs to be your spouse. Um, you need to find friends that, that can be in your corner and, and not your drinking buddies. Yeah. You know, not not the, the wine club girlfriends that, that a mom has. Like you can't have accountability people in your life that are consuming the substance. Yeah. You know, you don't need your drug dealer as your accountability partner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but, it's but as an addict, yeah. all you know is those people. Yeah in that circle. So you got to get out that circle and, and find a different group of people. Just, you have to ask for help. And the more people that, uh, know it's going to help you through that. Yeah. I mean, Brian, I remember when, um, we both made, made the decision to, to stop drinking. Right. So if, if you are listening and you are living with an addict, make it possible for your loved one to succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Make it possible. So if your spouse has, we're going to use, cause it was in our, in our story. If your spouse has an alcohol addiction, join them by stop, stopping the drink, right? To, to not have a drink, to not even have it in the house yeah. because that, I mean, Brian, during that time, it was worth it was so worth it for me because alcohol had caused so much pain in our marriage that I never wanted to have a drop of alcohol again in my, in my system. Mm -hmm. And so if you are listening and you are living with an addict and it is something that you can stop as well, join your spouse and that's showing them like, Hey, I believe in you. We're going to do this together. Um, and, and I think that that's key. It's, it's, it's giving the addict somebody else that's going through it with them. Right. Yeah. Together. Together. Yeah. yeah. And, and what happens in, in that is you realize that when somebody is supporting you, they can be strong when you are weak. Yes. And so very important to, to ask for help. You ask somebody close to you, but more importantly than that, Shayla, you have to ask Jesus for help. And if you didn't hear our hear part one last week or last week's episode, go listen to that. We talked exactly, we talked through exactly how my addiction was healed. But you have to invite the gospel of Jesus Christ into that addiction. 
the same power that that's in Jesus is in you. And the power that raised Jesus from the dead when he hung on a cross, was buried in a tomb, and was raised to life three days later, that same power can live inside you when you when you invite Jesus into that addiction and leave that addiction at the foot of the cross. And I'm telling you, it's possible for healing. And it doesn't mean, I mean, there's some people that are, you're going to need to go to rehab. You're going to need to check into facility. I didn't have to do that in my story. I know it's, I know it's possible that Jesus can heal you. He is in the business. uh, He is in the business of providing miracles and, and he can provide one for you. Yeah. And so I'll just encourage you, invite Jesus into your addiction and you've got to start rebuilding trust in your relationships because trust has been stolen and broken in your relationship when addiction is involved. And so you've got, you just have to start as an addict, you have to start rebuilding that trust with those around you. And if it's, if if it's in your marriage, you have to be transparent. Uh, it's, it's one day at a time. We talk about it all the time. Don't worry about tomorrow until tomorrow gets here. Yeah. It's one day at a time. Worry about today to not drink today. Jesus, give me the strength to not drink today. And then tomorrow you wake up and you say the same thing. And you celebrate the one day victory. The one day Don't get overwhelmed with being a month sober or six months sober or a year sober. Let one week, one day turn into a week. A week turns into a month. A month turns into six months. And before you know it, you'll be celebrating 13 years. January 30th, just a few short days ago, we celebrated 13 years. And we know that you can do it too. And for the person who's living with an addict, don't give up hope. Yeah. Pray for them. Uh, We're here for you. Uh, To the addict, we believe in you. Uh, Sometimes all it takes is one person to believe in you. And today, we believe in you. Uh, Shayla, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on today's podcast. Uh, I know you bring so much value and so much hope to those that are living with an addict because uh, you stood by me when not a lot of people would. Yeah. And so I thank you for that and, and the strength that you have and the willingness that you have to share and encourage others. It's inspiring. So, Well, Brian, you inspire <laughs> me because, you know, the journey has not been easy. No. Um, but, you know, you you really, you persevered. And, um, you know, I'm proud of you and, and you have changed generations, um, by making the decision to, to stop, um, stop your addiction. And for the listener out there right now, if you think that it's, it's too far, you're too far in, um, you're too far gone, you've already messed up too much. It, that's, that's, that's Satan talking to yeah, you. That's, that's lies. That's that spiritual battle that the good versus evil. Yep. 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 And I love Brian, how you invited Jesus into the, the situation, right? You invited him into your addiction and, um, one day at a time. And again, we celebrate, we celebrate those who have reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, it's been six weeks. Like that is awesome. So don't, don't look at a story like ours and say, well, 13 years, I can never get there. Or that's easy for them. Like yeah. 13 years. It's not easy. You it's guys. not easy. It's one day at a time still yeah. 13 years later. Yeah. I make so. the decision every day not to drink and uh, I make the decision not to put my, put, not to put myself in situations as well. Yeah. Um, but we, we believe in you. You've got this. You can beat this. Healing is possible. Uh, if you need, uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you need some support, uh, we'd love to walk through that with you. Our marriage mentoring program, we can walk through uh, couples uh, that are dealing with addictions. Uh, we are here for you. Yes. And uh, again, if this encouraged you today, be sure to share it. Be sure to uh, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. We thank you so much for being part of our community. Shayla, this is so much fun. Uh, So grateful that people keep coming back every Tuesday. Uh, We've got some guests lined up in the next few weeks, so uh, keep hanging out with us. And to the addict, I will leave you with this. I believe in you. You can do this. It's possible to be different. 